Welcome to this episode of the Hyperfast Wealth Show. I'm back again with co-host Sunil Saxena. In the last episode, we talked about finding the deal, right? I think that's one of the most important things, but that's not everything. So we're going on to step two today, how to manage the deal. And we've done that at scale, so this is going to be a great episode. Stand by. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right, Sunil. So last episode, we talked about finding the deal, which if you can't find a great deal, you know. You got nothing to manage. Right. (laughs) But, you know, and I kind of used the example last time, you know, finding a bad deal is is like starting uh, the football game down two touchdowns. Well, we've seen plenty of teams – blow, you know, second half, fourth quarter leads. leads right. So just because you get a great deal doesn't mean you're you're in the clear. You got to get that thing off the ground and 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 have a smooth flight. Flight exactly, exactly. So you've yep. managed, I don't know, like 2 3 400 yeah, a lot. Buildings a lot. Too many account for two, over two decades in multiple markets in multiple jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. Uh so what's let's let's kind of Talk today about the keys of, of doing it on, you know, one project. Because a lot of people probably just need to figure out how to do it on one. And then how do you manage it for multiple projects? Right. Well, um, great topic. Something, yeah, that I've been spending a, a lot of time for the last, over at least for 10 years, if not longer, doing it. Yeah, I mean, first thing, like you mentioned, is know your jurisdiction. That's that's the very first thing. So I've done stuff in Arlington County, Fairfax County, Loudoun County, D.C., Montgomery. I mean, it, it, pretty much anywhere in this area I've done a deal. But you really have to know your jurisdiction. I mean, what, what happens in D.C. is very, very different than what happens just across the river in Arlington. Uh, so just know the process. Uh, I think a lot of it, so that's the first thing. Um, the next thing is a lot of it depends on the type of deal you're doing. So if you're doing like a simple rehab, uh, there's not a lot of – jurisdictional involvement because you're just you know you don't really even need permits if you're just putting you know new paint you know countertops changing out bathrooms things like that so that's more just a project management of just having all your subs lined up making sure that you know you're not waiting a week for the roofer to come things like that but yeah it depends on what type of deal that's probably the the next big thing i would say yeah so uh, well let's let's talk about a few things. Let's just kind of start small. Like, so for the minor rehab facelift kind of stuff, what are, what are some of the things that people pitfalls people should avoid and, mm-hmm. and uh, things to look for? Yeah. So it's the, the actual construction of the planning is, is similar, whether you're doing a big deal or a small one, but it's really just understanding here's all the things you have to get done in that project. It's basic project management. Here's all the things I have to get done, making a list. Uh, if you're changing the roof, then we'll make sure you have your roofer lined up. If you're not changing the roof, then don't worry about it. So just having all your contractors and subs lined up, 
uh, perhaps having someone who can project manage for you a little bit. Uh, either either they take over and they do the whole thing, or they do some some management. Uh, when I started, I had um, a guy named Christian who actually started as a painter for me, but then he was able to do more project management. And he's kind of slowly took on more and more, more tasks, you know, scheduling people, um, whatever, making sure the work got done, punch list, those kind of things. So. What's a, what's an example of something where you thought oh, this would be a small, quick, easy <laughs> little project, and then boom, something became... something you didn't see hit you? Because I think I think. You know, there's kind of two ways to learn, and one is uh, take the punches yourself, and others to learn from others who've who've taken those those punches for you. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I probably learned more by taking the punches. Probably that's probably what that that's been my mo. Yeah, I mean, on a smaller scale, you know, I remember my very, very first project, there was like mold in the basement and uh, I didn't know what to do with that. I was like, oh, my God. But you realize over time that that's actually not that big of a deal. So just kind of, I think, on the smaller stuff, just understanding the little nuances of, you know, what requires, you know, a a certain specialty, what doesn't require. But really, once you've done a couple projects, these smaller ones really aren't that hard uh, because there's not there's no major construction. You're not you don't need plans. You don't need permits. You know, it's. There's really all that stuff goes away, uh, but certainly they're smaller projects, so the profit overall is is smaller. But yeah, I definitely would recommend starting with something smaller. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're gonna do it yourself uh, without partners and all that, mm-hmm. you probably want to start smaller. Now, if if you have partners or or can you know do it with people have done it before, right? Um, That's a different. By story. all means, go big uh, right away. That's what Carrie and I did, but. Um, you know, if you're starting small, one thing to to remember is the first time you see a problem, even if it's a small problem, it may seem huge to you, mm-hmm. right? Because you've never gone through it before. <laughs> right, like, exactly. You know, you're like the kid who's swimming across the, the five-yard pool for the first time. Like, <laughs> right, yep. Uh, it's just scary because you haven't done it before. you got to get through that growth zone. So kind of... Take a, a minute or two when you first discover something and, and just relax, breathe, and and uh, and calmly assess the situation. Talk to other people right. that have kind of been through it before. Don't just go to freak out mode and operate from there. You know, I used to be on a nuclear submarine, and, and so even even there, like on a, on a reactor coolant leak, you had several <laughs> minutes or sometimes hours, depending on the pace of it, you know, because they trained us, like the reaction times of, of uh, casualties. And and, um, and I think they did it for a reason. And, you know, they'd rather you take an extra couple moments mm-hmm. and, and take the right corrective action than and just rush. Right, and take the wrong So <laughs> this is real estate, like... Unless a crane is falling over, like no one, right. no one's gonna face imminent death. Uh, right. So take your time and assess the situation. That'd be my first piece of advice. And then my second one is, don't forget the value of time. Mm-hmm. So you might have come up with a couple different options, solutions, if you will, and and sometimes the ones that look more expensive are actually cheaper. True. Very, very good point. Because whether you are improving this property for selling it, improving it for renting it, the time costs you, right? It, if, if you're selling it, you've got holding costs. If you are improving it to rent, 
you've got holding costs with probably not any rental income coming in if you know depending on the type of renovation so the time is valuable and sometimes it's it's cheaper to pay more to mm-hmm. to get it done quicker yeah absolutely and um I mean, to piggyback off the one point you made of, of uh, yeah, th- this is a learning process. I think you have to be committed to this for the long term. It's not about just doing one deal and then walking away. Uh, if that's what you're going to do, it's probably not the right way to do it because you're going to learn so much in your first maybe five deals, let's say. But, yeah, I think the important thing is, number one, is recognizing the problem. Then, like you said, don't freak out about it. Put a solution in place. But then the big thing I also always say is make sure that you put a corrective action moving forward so you don't keep making the same mistakes. I've seen that as well. A lot of people, you know, they get into some trouble with a project, great, but then they keep doing the same thing over and over. And you're like, well, I mean, didn't you put, you know, didn't you think about that last time? We have that, you know, in D.C. with our permits right now. There's a ton of permits you need for the type of projects we do. So we're putting, you know, action in place so that all the permits are be- we're getting them up front, not realizing, oh, by the way, we forgot this one. And then, you know, there's a problem with the inspector, things like that. That's just a small example. But I mean, there's hundreds of examples like that. Uh, but yeah, make sure you put a corrective action in place so you're not repeating your mistakes over and over. Yeah. Every time, you know, you something goes differently or you hear a story mm-hmm. from people like us about it going differently, like write it down and, and make sure you don't make that mistake again, or you don't make the mistake that you heard someone else right. talk about. As much as possible, let them pay the mm-hmm. the penalty right. uh, <laughs> instead of you. Right. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you want to get my best-selling book, The Hyper-Local, Hyper-Fast Real Estate Agent, for absolutely free? This book has helped tens of thousands of real estate agents, and now I want to give it to you for free. All you pay for is the shipping. Look, you can go on Amazon, read all the five-star reviews, and pay $14.99, or you can go to hyperfastfreebook.com and get it for free. All you pay for is the shipping. Again, that's hyperfastfreebook.com. Get your copy today. Again, hyperfastfreebook.com. Planning. I think I think even if it's a small project, invest the time up front to to plan and and budget. I think I think Sometimes people kind of skip this. They assume the best case scenarios when they're planning mm-hmm. to do it on on time and and cost. Uh, so, what would your advice be on you know the planning, the budgeting? Yeah, I think um, we have like an eleven step or eleven phase project planner that we use for all our projects, and they can essentially be applied to even you know very large projects or even very small projects. A lot of the smaller ones, you would be skipping entire phases. You wouldn't even have those. But uh, like, for example, our first phase is, I guess, we, you know, we, we call it permits, but it's really permits and planning, like you said. So uh, it's just making sure that we have all the contractor bids in, all the permits in place. I mean, there's probably 25 items on that checklist. Uh, can't, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, that would be a very, every, any project you do, whether it's small or big, you need that planning phase. And that stuff you can do while you're, you know, either waiting for your permit or even before you purchase it. That's what we do as well on pretty much all our projects is uh, we have one we're purchasing in about two weeks. And we've already submitted permits. We've already done probably 80% on that planning checklist already. Uh, but yeah, just just go through and have phases for your projects. Just an example, again, phase one is planning. Phase two usually for us is foundation. Uh, phase three is, is um, framing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and again, you may with smaller projects, you really wouldn't have foundation. There's nothing to do, so you can just skip that entire phase. But it's really basic project management. Just have some kind of tool you use. We just use a spreadsheet of here's all the phases, here's all the items that have to happen during that phase, and then here's also all the items that we 
have to make sure that happens so we're ready for the next phase. We have two lists within each phase. Here's what has to be completed in the phase, and then here's what has to um, happen so we can be ready for the next phase. Yeah, so you got you to gotta develop that. Get you, know, you can find a lot of these online, in books, investor meetups. Mm-hmm. You got to hold yourself or have people to hold your, your workers, your, your contractors accountable along mm-hmm. the way as well. So you mm-hmm. need to uh, measure, track, analyze, and make adjustments along the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you brought up the the contractors. That's 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 usually the biggest problem in these in these in these projects. Uh, I would recommend you know number recommend number one is having multiple contractors for each type of you know trade, uh, electrical, plumbing, framing, foundation, etc. Uh, with our situation, we have so many projects going on that sometimes our contractors get overwhelmed. So we need to, if we unless we want to wait for the contractor to go job to job, we have to have multiple ones. We can put different guys in different jobs. But even if you're only having a few projects, it's always good because. Again, contractors are, are kind of like teenagers. They kind of come and go. They just, they're just, you know, they're, they're, uh, can be irresponsible. They can do good work for a while, then they kind of, you know, seem to slack off. So I, I just kind of have a no tolerance policy. I mean, I'm like, here it is, get the work done. Here's the budget. If you start slacking off, you're just gone. I just move to the next guy and we, we deal with, you know, we'll pay you for whatever you've done, that type of thing. Uh, we don't, again, we've gotten, we've done this so much that we've kind of got a good group of contractors. But yeah, it still happens. I mean, Last couple of projects, the electrician was kind of slacking off. So I just mm. had to get rid of him, put a new guy in, and then we're done. You know, we don't use that guy anymore. So um, you're fired. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, exactly. I'll do my Trump. You're you're fired. But yeah, I mean that's another big issue. So you have to plan and make sure you have kind of multiple pitchers in your bullpen, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, and then another another important thing I would say is at the end of it, you know, at the end of anything you do, really, you should. Uh, we used to call it hot wash in the Navy, <laughs> but basically analyze yep. uh, everything that that happened and, and kind of grade yourself what went right, what should you do more of, what should you do again, what went wrong, how would you fix it mm-hmm. next time, right? So you, you can really kind of like, have this constant, right. never-ending improvement. Again, yeah, couldn't agree more. That's the, the success. That's a if, success in life, right? Kind of hot wash everything you do in life, and then make sure that uh, it could I have done it better next time. But yeah, one of the more specifically on that, one of the biggest issues I think people that are starting out have is that kind of the you know generating a quality P and L at the end. The, the accounting part is very difficult for people. Uh, so what I recommend there is mm. certainly well use QuickBooks. That's the easiest. There, that's a no brainer. Have a good uh, bookkeeper. That's that's the key. Because typically in this in this type of business, it's not complicated. It's just difficult to track the costs. So just have you know like one or two ways you money goes out, and then somebody a bookkeeper to track that. Again, if you're really good at accounting, do, you can do it yourself. But I'm not, so it it, it it's not my thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really know like uh, well, for example, we had a project that closed out in the spring, and then we looked at it. You know, maybe maybe made a little bit less than we thought, but we looked at all the areas where we could have improved, and we realized, yeah, if we just change these next time, we could the profit could have doubled. But that was because we did that process, that uh, hot wash, as you're calling it. <laughs> yeah, that was a great um, project too, by the way, just because it, it yeah. closed in the middle of the lockdown, and despite uh, you know not not even being able to do showings in DC, we still sold still. it above performa, mm-hmm. paid our investors their their preferred return, and. You know, that was never at risk for, for them on that project. So it was, you know, great to mm-hmm. see. So I know I know we've thrown a lot at you. And if you're like, look, I want 
the benefits of real estate, but I don't know if I want to do all of this for me. Well, we, we take partners on our mm-hmm. projects. If you want to learn more, you can go to hyperfastwealth.com and, and uh, put in your email there. We'll send you 10 tips on real estate investing, and, and uh, you can follow up with us, or you can email info at hyperfastdevelopment. Uh, that's another great way, or just, just connect with us on social media. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was that was a great project. Our investors did yeah. really well. Investors got paid. We still made money. Everything was good. It's just that when we did the, the hot, I love that. Term. I'm going to use that term now. Hot wash. <laughs> so when we did the hot wash, uh, yeah, there, we identified probably five areas that we could have improved, and we should do if we do the same project next time. Hey, we're going to double our profit, even though we're still paying investors and all that stuff. So yeah, and we we talked. I know we kind of started off talking about you know small projects, small renovations, but really everything we talked about. Applies applies yeah. to to big projects. It's just more line items and and bigger, you know, a couple more zeros, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just your 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 um project tracking will get more detailed. There's just more things to do in each phase. So as an like I kind of already mentioned, in any big project you're going to have a foundation phase. A small project you wouldn't even have that. And then as the project gets bigger, the foundation phase gets more detailed. There's more things you have to do to get the project ready for the next phase. So it's just more stuff. But as long as you're used to managing it, just going down the checklist, having people who can help you as needed, it's not that much more difficult to do a bigger project than a smaller one. Uh, What would your advice be now? You know, we've kind of graduated from small rehab, bigger project, maybe multiple units in a project. But what about multiple projects so how to what, what, that. yeah how do you how do you manage like you've you've got like 10 that you're doing now right we've got yeah we've got over 100 units total yeah you know, total 10, 10 yeah. different project 10 sites project. how what's the difference between doing that versus like one or two <laughs> well i think a couple of points i mean number one is get, get your systems in place like like we said so you have trackers and, and phases and spreadsheets and things like that uh, that way, if you need to, if you get help, if you can, if you can afford help, which you should be, if you're doing multiple projects, then you can just kind of plug those people in. They understand what you're talking the same language. So I think that's getting your your um, your processes in place helps as you grow. Uh, I would just say that you know, my experience is like five to eight projects is where I max out, where I start saying I absolutely need help. So you know, depending on the, your abilities and 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 what you how much you can manage, you should be able to do up to five projects as like a solo person. But once you get past that, you, you really do need some kind of management help. So at that point, you know, and, and you, you got to go out and get a, a manager that can do the, the site visits and, you know, you're still going to do that, but you need someone else that can. Yeah. Dealing with inspectors, well. inspections, making sure this is happening. You know, it gets tough trying to be at five sites every day or more. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, like the, one of my favorite quotes from Russell Brunson. If you get stuck Think who, not how. Right, exactly. Yep. Right. At some point, like if you're a real estate agent, you know, most of them tap out at two deals to three deals a month. And mm-hmm. there might be a superstar out there that can do five or six. Right. But, but even though A, what kind of quality out, of life right. do you have? And right. B, they will tap out or C, right. they will deliver worse service to right. their to their buyers and sellers. And you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's True in, in, in everything, construction, yeah, same thing. Yep. other businesses, like eventually mm-hmm. you're going to tap out and you're going to need more people mm-hmm. or you'll get yeah. stuck. So think who, not how. Yep. I, I couldn't agree. I think with project management, it's about five. I think that number, once you start tapping out, then some people can get to, up to eight. But once you get past eight, it's, it's almost impossible for anybody <laughs> to really manage everything. 
All right. Well, that's about all the time we've got for this episode. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it, like it, leave a comment, tell everyone about it. You know, we don't we don't uh, have a big marketing budget to to get these films out these these you know lessons, but uh, so we rely on you guys to help us help more people. And if you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.